0: Welcome to the Hardwood Hogs podcast. I'm your host Mason Choate joined by Jackson Collier. This is your favorite Razorback basketball podcast. Last episode of the regular season as Arkansas has one game left, Kentucky on Saturday 1 p.m. Central Time, Walton Arena should be a great crowd for a big game with a lot of implications as far as postseason goes for both teams. Both teams coming off of losses to Tennessee teams. So Arkansas lost to Tennessee on Tuesday night. It was just uh it I I I feel good about saying it was Arkansas's worst performance of the season. Um, and then of course, Kentucky lost to Vanderbilt on Wednesday. Interesting loss. They're dealing with some injuries. Arkansas, not I mean, like you have the injury to Brazil, but everybody seems to be fine. You just got to figure out, you know. I guess just it's a matchup thing. Like I, I don't know, Jackson. What, what is it that you're seeing from Arkansas, especially like specifically in that Tennessee game where Arkansas? I mean, they lost by eighteen points, uh, seventy-five to fifty-seven. But I even wrote in my story like it felt, it felt like way more than that. Like it just felt like Arkansas just got blown out of the water, which they did. But the 18 points, I, I even, I mean, like 18 points is a lot of points, but it just felt like more than that. It was just, they didn't have a chance, Jackson.
1: No, I think the most disheartening thing about it was, you know, it just seemed like there was a complete lack of effort uh, for extended periods of time, you know, 50, 50 balls went in Tennessee's way pretty much every time. uh, And that's, that's all effort. uh rebounding was pretty atrocious especially in the first half. I mean the final tally on total rebounds wasn't that far off. There wasn't that big of a disparity, but in the first half, you know Arkansas allowed I think 8 or 9 offensive rebounds in the first half, a lot of second chance points. Um Arkansas didn't shoot the ball well at all, especially from the free throw line, you know, 59% from the free throw line. They haven't been a good free throw shooting team all year. They're like 69.2% on the season, but you know, it's a complete lack of focus <laughs> when you're a Division One college basketball player and you're just not making free throws. It's, it's more focused than everything because it should be, by that point in your career, kind of muscle memory. You get your routine down at the same shot every time and, you know, it is what it is. So the free throw issues are concerning. The lack of effort was concerning. The rebounding issues were concerning. You know, you're going to have games where you run into a really good defensive team and Tennessee is a really good defensive team. So you're not going to be able to you know score as at as high of a level as you know they've been able to they scored a lot against Florida against Georgia against Alabama and Nick with Nick Smith back in the lineup and the offense was playing really well. Um, but Tennessee is one of the best defensive teams in the country and you can't really squander opportunities to score at the free throw line you can't squander opportunities to finish under the rim and you can't be gifting them extra possessions and you know those extra possessions come down to effort and arkansas just didn't have the effort um which that that was the most disappointing part to me i think you know it, there there just wasn't that energy that enthusiasm that effort or anything like that it was almost like right out of the gate they they just knew they were going to lose almost
0: yeah i mean like i think it was the first time all season that uh not a single player had at least 14 points in a game for arkansas they were dominated in the paint all night, which is what something I want to ask you about is the the lack of uh, physicality in the paint. That was a, a big thing that Eric Musselman said. He said we got out physical, and when he said it, I was like, "Where have I heard this before?" Like I feel like I've heard somebody say this recently. It was Sam Pittman after the the Missouri game, um, the season finale at Missouri, and then of course the next day they fired their strength and conditioning coach, uh, Jamil Walker. So it's it's not good to hear that they got out physical. I mean, you mentioned Tennessee, number one team in defensive efficiency. So, like, that, it's a good defensive team. But like you said, you know, you squander opportunities to score at the free throw line. You're missing layups. And then you're just gifting Tennessee buckets in the paint all night long. Ricky Council kind of said, like, we got – so Council had three fouls by, like, the three-minute mark in the first half. And he said that, you know, because – him specifically and the team in general, you know, is getting in foul trouble, it caused them to defend differently and maybe not play as aggressive. But is it concerning to you that they just got dominated in the paint guys like the Mitchell twins? I mean, Jalen Graham, we kind of understand with him, he's not going to be a, a physical presence down low specifically defensively, but for the guys for like the Mitchell twins, who we've talked about a lot on this podcast as guys that, you know, we like to watch play basketball. Mikhail Mitchell, we he's a good defender. Makai Mitchell is a good defender. But they didn't show that against Tennessee. All that said, is that concerning for you moving forward that Arkansas was dominated in the in the paint by Tennessee? Do you think other teams are going to take advantage of that moving forward?
1: Oh, absolutely. Especially when you look at, you know, the Kentucky matchup this weekend they got Oscar Chibwe. He's going to be physical. He might not be seven foot, but he's a physical impending post presence. And um, I definitely think there's a big concern, you know, the Mitchell twins, the Alabama and Tennessee games back to back have kind of been two of their worst performances as as Razorbacks, which is unfortunate because this is the the time of the year where you're hoping everybody is hitting their stride and playing uh, at their best basketball. Um, Just hasn't been the case for them. You knew, uh, something was going on with uh, the front court rotation against Tennessee when we saw Kamani Johnson get 12 minutes. He hadn't come off the bench in feels like weeks, um, and it was just they were getting so out physical down low that Musselman tried to go to his enforcer with Kamani Johnson. He grabbed a couple of rebounds, but I mean it was another thing where you know he didn't really do all that much either. So there we're, we were kind of back to square one from the beginning of the year. Um, kind of right after Brazil's injury kind of searching for who's going to um, take control of that front court spot I think it's up for grabs now again um, after getting out physical you know it's one of those things and I understand Ricky's point about uh, well we were in foul trouble so we had to defend differently I, I do understand that but at the same time a lot of the foul calls that Arkansas picked up especially in the first half were just dumb plays they were they were fouling far away from the basket. They were being overly aggressive, playing with their hands, or they were just, you know, kind of going for steals they didn't need to. Or you know, it, it was a lot of just mistakes that they didn't need to make that they could have. They could have kept playing physical defense without fouling. Uh, I think there were at least three or four instances there where where they kind of hurt themselves in, in the foul count, um, and you know that changes the complexion of the game too. But we, we, I mean, that's something we've talked about all year too. You got to be able to defend without fouling, um, and you know, there's been this ongoing thing about oh, refs in Arkansas and all this sort of stuff, and you just you got to be smarter with how you defend. You, just, you, there is a point where you can be aggressive and physical and not foul, and you got to understand how refs perceive um, defense. Like you can actually legitimately not touch on, but by the vantage point of the ref on the floor, it's going to look like it, or they'll make anticipation fouls. That that's all stuff you know as a basketball player that you got to account for and how you defend.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the the whole blaming the refs thing. That I I don't I don't think that had a factor in the Tennessee game. Arkansas outscored by twenty four in the paint. Like that's just that's just how it went. You know, Eric Musselman did make the point. Like Arkansas did not get you know, dominated on the boards really, especially statistically. I think they were pretty even as far as rebounds go. Let's see. Yeah, Tennessee only had thirty or three more rebounds than Arkansas in the game. Like it wasn't I think they only had one more offensive rebound. So it's not like, you know, Arkansas was getting dominated on the boards. It was just if you watch the game, Tennessee was just blowing by the guards and the the big guys down low were just letting them get into the paint and take a shot. And they I, I, I don't know. I mean I I can see from Ricky's perspective, it seemed like Arkansas wasn't trying to contest shots as much in the paint, and I mean Tennessee just took them, and that's how it went. And Arkansas lost the game. So now you look at it, you're eight and nine in conference play, you're 19 and 11 on the year. <clears throat> and there's a, and there's a lot of stuff we got to get to, but I I want to ask you, Jackson, because you're you're our bracketology guy, and like where do you see Arkansas right now there's i've had people in my dm saying like does arkansas make the tournament i have my dad texting me are the hogs going to make the tournament and i keep saying like yes i think that arkansas is still a potential sweet 16 team like even i think they could go even further than that if they're playing at their full potential like after the alabama game i was people were talking to me they're like man this team kind of you know they keep losing or or they're not that good and i just i would tell them like did you not watch that game against alabama like, they looked really good. The way that they fought back was very encouraging as far as, like, if Arkansas can fight back on the road against number 2 Alabama, I mean, they, I mean, they can do that on a neutral court against any team in the country. That's how I felt. And then they go and lose this game to Tennessee, and then people were in my DMs, like, is this team going to make the tournament? So I turn to you, Mr. Collier, J.C. Hoops. By the way, side note, and I'm talking – I hate when I do this, where I talk a lot and I'm trying to ask you a question and whatever – uh, I t- I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were like, who do you work with? And I said Jackson Collier, and they're like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, J.C. Hoops. And they were like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. So I guess I just need to say J.C. Hoops from now on. Uh, J.C. Hoops, is Arkansas going to make the NCAA tournament?
1: It's funny because just, just before I answer the question, most of my law school classmates don't know anything about, like, my Twitter stuff. There's like a handful that do. So, like, my actual 3L classmates, but the apparently the entire class below me, the 2L class, like, knows who I am. It's like, oh, do you know he's in law school with us? I thought that was funny. Um, and then some people don't re- recognize or differentiate JC from Jackson Collier. But um, as far as tournament, yeah, they're, they're a lock for the NCAA tournament at this point. Um, they're still getting help from teams losing. Uh, so, right now, I would, I would have them pegged as an eight seed. You're still having teams all around that seven to 10 slash 11 line, all losing, dropping games. Granted, Arkansas lost on the road at Tennessee. It was a quad 1A loss. Um, So, not the worst thing in the world, even though it was over 15 points and Arkansas didn't play well. Their net and all their metrics still remained pretty high. I think they didn't drop any. I don't think they dropped anywhere as a result of that loss. Um, They dropped in the net one spot today, but I think that's just someone else moving up ahead of them so they're 15 in the net now which is still really good uh yeah they're they're definitely a lock for the NCAA tournament they're on the eight line right now um a win against Kentucky we'll see if that would bump them back up to a seven it really just depends on some other teams too um I thought Arkansas was really going to struggle to get back on the seven line um unless they beat Kentucky and won a couple in the SEC tournament but potentially just winning against Kentucky and winning opening round of the sec tournament could put them on the seven line because so many teams are losing right now. I'll have updated bracketology out Monday and I'll do a deep dive and scrub my bracket and everything Sunday. So I'll have a more in-depth answer, but right now, yeah, definitely on the eight, nine line, um, probably one of the top eight seeds
0: and definitely going to make the NCAA tournament. Even if they lose to Kentucky, and lose the first game in the NCAA or the SEC tournament to maybe a bad team. Like, I don't know exactly what the SEC tournament bracket looks like right now, but say they lose to Kentucky and then they have like a maybe a quad two or quad three loss to start the SEC tournament, they still make the NCAA tournament?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They'll still make the NCAA tournament. This team is so weird. It it is really like a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Like you said, you can go and almost beat number two on the road. Then you go on the road to Tennessee and, and just really fall flat on your face. Um, I kind of attribute it to, like there are a lot of factors. They just didn't play well, but it was, it was a short uh, turnaround and two back-to-back road games. So Saturday you're in Tuscaloosa and then you don't even have a Wednesday game. You're Tuesday in Knoxville. It is a short turnaround. I know there were some issues with the the landing of their plane, I guess, on was that Monday. Um, they had to like hold off landing and circle around for a while and stuff because of weather. Not to say that these are any direct reasons why they played so bad, but I mean it I, mean, I guess
0: it kind of goes into it. I did I did see somebody replied to uh Andrew Hutchinson's tweet. I I don't it, I guess it was a story that he tweeted out and this dude was like, "Well, I would have lost a basketball game too if I almost died while landing my plane the day before." So, maybe that dude is just overreacting or maybe like he has a little bit of a inside information of like these dudes were shell-shocked from almost dying in the plane landing. I I don't know. That's that's just do not take that as factual information because I'm not saying it is. Uh okay, so now that we got all that stuff out of the way, you know, you made pe- people feel better about the NCAA tournament thing. We got to talk about this Kentucky game. Before we do, I want to remind you about Bet Saracen. We went zero two on our Bet Saracen picks for the Tennessee game, which is unfortunate because we're on the road to five hundred. I don't know, man. If 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 Arkansas if Arkansas only has like a few more games here, we might not make it to five hundred by the end of the season. I think we're so, we were four games back, and then now or not I guess four bets back. So we were thirteen and seventeen. Now we're thirteen and nineteen because of the Tennessee games, So that's unfortunate. Anyways, Bet Saracen, the mobile sports gambling app of the Saracen Casino Resort. You can get it on the Google Play Store or the App Store. They have a ton of great stuff over there. It's great for, you know, Arkansas specific stuff. So like people listening to this podcast likely, Arkansas Razorback fans. So if you go on bet Saracen, you can get the player props, uh, everything that you want for Arkansas games, but you can also get the special bets. So they always have like cool little bets where it's like McKay Mitchell, Mikhail Mitchell, Jordan Walsh combined 30 rebounds in a game. You can get stuff like that. The Arkansas specific specials, they create special bets just for Arkansas games. And you can only get that on bet Saracen. You can't get it anywhere else. And you have to be in the state of Arkansas to bet. So Go over to BetSares and get all that cool stuff. Of course, you can get specials and bets and player props on all other games and all other sports, including like NASCAR, F1, rugby, table tennis, uh, a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, But I ask that you be a responsible gambler, and if you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER because if you're betting at like 3 a.m., then you might have a problem. So uh, make sure you don't have a problem and call 1-800-GAMBLER if you do. Bet Saracen, thank you to Bet Saracen for sponsoring our podcast. We also do the Bet Saracen player props, specials, odds, lines, all that stuff story every week, and we give our picks. As I mentioned, 0-2 against Tennessee, but who would have guessed that Nick Smith Jr. is only going to score 12 points because I wouldn't have guessed that, to be quite honest with you. Um, All right, let's move on to this Kentucky game, Jackson. So the Wildcats, they're not going to have Severe Wheeler. He's supposed to be out for a few weeks. So that's one thing. They didn't have him the first time around against Arkansas, right? I'm pretty I, I don't him. think so, no. Yeah. So he he didn't play the first time against Arkansas. So as far as Arkansas, Kentucky goes, that's no change this season. But they might not have Kasen Wallace, who uh is really good, had a good game against Arkansas the first time around. That would be tough for Kentucky if you one don't have Wheeler, who, you know, a a, a veteran guy but two, you don't have, you know, your star freshman in case and Wallace, that would be tough for Kentucky. It would benefit Arkansas. Of course, you know, it's unfortunate for Kentucky. It would benefit Arkansas. But um, h- how are you looking at this matchup right now? Because Kentucky just lost to Vanderbilt.
1: So before the Vanderbilt game, I thought Kentucky was playing better than probably 95% of the teams in the country there. I mean, they were really on a hot streak. And then, um, just kind of came tumbling down against Vanderbilt. I mean, I'm not, not to say that that's all for not, you know, they were, they were pushing for a five, six seed in the NCAA tournament um, really playing well, have a strong resume and pretty good metrics and all that sort of stuff. And then you lose against Vanderbilt who, you know, Vanderbilt didn't even have their star center, Liam Robbins for most of the game. I think he only played four minutes, scored two points and uh, Kentucky still lost. So you know, looking at the matchup between Arkansas and Kentucky, they don't have severe Wheeler, potentially no case and Wallace. I don't know where their offense is going to come from without those two guys. Like, I don't know who's going to be that point guard. that's going to try to create on the offense. Obviously they have playmakers guys who can hit shots guys who can finish down low, but you know, I I don't look at their roster outside of Wheeler and and Wallace and and point to, I can't point to somebody who's like, Oh yeah, he's going to step up and he'll be able to create for, for, for people. Uh, I just don't know where that's going to come from. So, you know, maybe there's someone, maybe I'm overlooking someone, maybe I don't know the Kentucky roster all that well, which I probably don't, but, you know, Jacob Toppin is a forward. He's not that guy. They have some shooters and and Frederick and stuff, but, and obviously Oscar down low, but I just don't see anybody that's going to be that driving force. So it'll be interesting to see what their offensive philosophy is. If they don't have Wallace, um, it'll be interesting to see how Arkansas defends them Um, because you would think it would be at that point an all-out effort to stop Sheboy because I think he had a big game against Vanderbilt even though they lost but you also don't want to try to you want to try not to let him get into his rhythm and all that sort of stuff and you know Arkansas again is one of the better perimeter defensive teams this season as far as defending the three-point shot so probably contain a three-point shot again, try to minimize Oscar's impact and, you know, go from there on the backcourt. But like I said, I just, I don't know where that, where the offense is going to start from.
0: Yeah. So Wallace scored 24 the first time around against Arkansas. He made 10 shots from the field. So that was, that was big for Kentucky. Uh, Of course they lost the game, but I'm looking – so Antonio Reeves and C.J. Frederick were like two of the guys that they really turned to against Vanderbilt. Uh, Frederick didn't score at all against Arkansas in tw- almost 21 minutes the first time around. Reeves had 11 points, missed uh eight shots. So, you know, I, I think that would benefit Arkansas if they have to, you know, go to those guys and rely on them offensively. Uh, But I want to read a quote from Calipari – from after the Vanderbilt game about Cason Wallace. He said, first of all, Cason they x-rayed. He's fine. It's not swelled. We'll see. I'm hoping he'll be okay for Saturday, but I don't know. And if not, we've got to figure out how we do it against pressure. Um, so this, The quote on Wheeler is, my guess right now, and what doctors told me, it's going to be a couple of weeks. So he's probably not going to play. So obviously we have Severe out. We can't have Kaysen out, too. That gets a little iffy. We just got to get back healthy. That's what Jacob Toppin said. So, you know, I think that that Kentucky as a whole understands, like, you need to have Kaysen Wallace back for this game. If you don't, you probably don't have much of a chance. Even if you do have him, it's going to be tough to beat Arkansas in Bud Walton Arena, which, I mean, from an Arkansas perspective, I would assume that this team is going to be playing with a can't-lose mentality, right? Arkansas. You, you you would really hope so. Um,
1: their backs aren't necessarily against the wall, but it's your it's your final home game. Um, you just lost back to back tough games, got blown out in the most recent one, uh, and you want to have some momentum going into the postseason. Um, there, I mean, there's going to be a wide out in Bud Walton Arena You're playing against Kentucky, which is a pretty big rival as far as basketball goes. Arkansas fans hate Kentucky. They um, already beat him on the road. I mean, Musselman has had the upper hand on Calipari since he's been at Arkansas. Um, so all these factors going in, you, you would really hope and you'd really think that that Arkansas would play their best game uh, to close out the year. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm leaning more towards, and I tweeted this out too, you know, there are two ways really to respond after you just get dominated for 40 minutes. And you can either roll over and wallow in it, or you can just, you know, pick yourself up and, you know, respond to the adversity. So we'll see what the mental fortitude of this team is on Saturday. uh, If they're going to respond or if they're going to kind of roll over. Um, I tend to think and kind of hope that they um, pick themselves up and finish strong. I think they have, obviously have the talent to do it. They have one of the most talented rosters still in the sec. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens.
0: All right, I have a couple questions for you about specific things, and then we will uh, we'll get people on their way. Uh, first of all, this was from the post game press conference after the Tennessee game, and this was there was a question presented to Ricky Council. Basically, what's the message in the locker room? What is the mindset right now? And he responded with no comment. Is that a little weird to you? Or do you think that he's just kind of like, that's, you know, I'm going to keep that within the team and not really get into that? Like, I, I felt like it was weird in the moment.
1: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, there are different schools of thought. I mean, some players will just give you the the typical, like, um, I guess coach speak kind of answer like, "Oh, well, you know, the message to the locker room is we got to pick our heads up, we got to play hard, uh, finish strong the season, you know, all that sort of stuff." And it's it's kind of the same as a non-answer because that's kind of just what you're expected to say, what you're supposed to say. It's the right thing to say, but saying no comment, I don't, I don't necessarily think of it as something that's a glaring, like mark or anything i guess it is kind of weird to to say that but i'm not gonna dive into it too much i think probably after getting beat by 18 points too you just don't want to talk about it i mean just honestly like oh hey you just got beat by 18 what's what's the message uh in, in the locker room with with the team like ah, eh, no comment like i can understand that being it too
0: yeah no i mean like i i, I agree with you there i i would assume that it was just a like you know i don't really want to talk about it he's probably just wants to forget about the game uh move on from it 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 was it was kind of the same you know attitude i guess we got from nick smith junior after the alabama game like he wasn't happy they wanted to win that game and so uh you can't really you know i i i get it i agree with you second question has anthony black hit the freshman wall is there a freshman wall there's a freshman wall in baseball for sure is there a freshman wall in basketball because the past two games have been tough for Anthony. Got in foul trouble early against Alabama. Tied a season-high six turnovers against Tennessee. Now, we talked about how good Tennessee's defense is, but it seems like Anthony, you know, his past two games specifically, he's looked a little, you know, different. You haven't seen the guy that you're like, this guy is a 100% first-round pick. Like, this dude's a lottery pick. And now, I mean, like, he's still going to be a first-round pick. Absolutely. But now you have people who are like, he should come back for another year. He he could use another year in college. Like, So, like, has he hit the freshman wall, or do you think it was just, like, two tough road games against, you know, good defensive teams?
1: Man, seeing those comments on Twitter after the game, there was a lot on Twitter, some even on our message board at the trough. And, you know, oh, well, all these guys need to come back for another year. Like, oh, Nick Smith is in a lottery pick or – Anthony black obviously isn't a first round draft. Like uh, there are a ton of those types of comments and I didn't put any stock or weight into them. Cause it was just kind of laughable to me. Cause they're Anthony black and Nick Smith, both are obviously going to be first round draft picks. There's no question about that. Um, As far as the freshman wall goes, I don't really think that there is necessarily quote unquote a freshman wall. Like, I don't think that's like a regular occurrence. I mean, everybody has up and down games, I think these are just two back-to-back games where Anthony Black has struggled a little bit against Alabama, got in foul trouble early. I think he struggled to get into a rhythm. He wasn't able to, you know, kind of be in there for an extended period of time at the onset of the game. So then when he gets put back in in the second half, you know, everybody else is already adjusted to the officials. Everybody's adjusted to the speed, the physicality, and he's just kind of Sitting there, still playing off of his two or three minutes in the first half, so he hadn't fully acclimated yet. So hard to kind of adjust to all that. So I think he just never found a rhythm against Alabama, Tennessee. I just think it was, you know, another issue of it's a tough road game against a really good defense, and he just didn't play well. Um, and I, I, I think that that is fair to say, and I think it's also fair to say that I don't expect him to necessarily have that type of performance every time they go out the rest of the year um i think obviously he's he's a first round draft pick like we've already said potential lottery pick and with his size the way he's played all year um i don't think two games where he struggled should overshadow how well he has played the entire season um i think some fans uh in particular are prisoners of the moment and two recency bias type of stuff all that all that mumbo jumbo, but uh, I think you know he could finish out the year very strong. I don't think he's hit a wall per se. I don't think he's played his best basketball at Arkansas yet. He's played a full, really good season. Um, just struggled the last two, but I think he can. I think he can close strong against Kentucky and and, and help Arkansas in the postseason.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, I mean, it, he you mentioned it. I mean, he's going to be a first round draft pick. Uh, it does it does feel like he hasn't hit his full potential. I think the only time that you could say like this is the Anthony Black that is the five-star guy who's going to be a lottery pick Maui like that Maui Anthony Black was so much fun to watch and it was so early in the season that you're like holy crap what is it what what are you going to get from this dude the rest of the year now of course you you've only seen like glimpses of that a couple of times since but if they could get him if they could get Maui Anthony Black in the in the NCAA tournament Ooh, with Nate with a healthy Nick Smith Jr. that would be that would be fun to watch. So, uh, I I want to ask about like who's who's gonna be on the team next year, who's on the team this year. But I feel like we should save that for like our postseason episode because that's that's a that's probably like the most common question we get is like, you know, who's coming back, who's getting drafted, like what's the percentage of this guy coming back? You know, um, I mean, I guess. Now that I mentioned it, we should probably talk about it a little bit, you know?
1: We can touch on it a little bit. Yeah, that's probably number one in all of my DMs and stuff. Like, oh, is so-and-so coming back? Is so-and-so coming back? And a lot of them, I just ignore some of my answer. But, you know, you you look at a few different guys. I mean, obviously, we don't expect Nick Smith or Anthony Black back. So that's two that are gone. Kamadi Johnson will be out of eligibility. So that's three. Okay, so you got other 10 other spots on roster and uh, just going down the list, I kind of expect Devo back more off or I, I more so than not. Honestly, I think he, he would more than likely come back. Um, he's playing really well, but I don't know if his playing style, even with developing a perimeter jump shot, like he's proven this season, I don't know if he's necessarily ready to take the NBA jump yet. Um, and think he needs to work a little bit more on ball handling and all that sort of stuff. Uh, because he would be a point guard in the NBA. So you can't uh with his size, you can't play on the the two or the three unless you're a really knockdown shooter. Um so I'd expect Devo back. Twins kind of up in the air. Um mainly just because they've been in college a long time. Uh so never know with those kind of guys. Um I expect At least two, maybe all three of the other other freshmen, uh, Barry Dunning, Joseph Pinion and Darian Ford, who haven't gotten as much run as the other three. Um, I I would expect at least two, if not all three of them to come back. Um, Jordan Walsh is kind of up in the air, too. I think the way that he's played this season, he's he's shown enough potential to be drafted, probably not in the first round. But, you know, he's also shown that he's raw enough that he could really benefit from a second season. Um, Trevin Brazil is another interesting name to look at. I would lean towards him coming back because he was playing himself into a first round draft pick um, and then got hurt. And the, the biggest issue with coming off of an ACL injury is that, you know, that's it's risk you don't know if a guy's gonna come back the way he was before uh the athleticism which is one of his selling points the explosiveness uh um, all that sort of stuff so he can bet on himself and go and probably still be a second round draft pick or an undrafted free agent and then you know bet on himself and play into a roster spot or he can come back and try to get back into that first round range and then while he's in college you know you still utilize nil since it's legal now um trying to think of it jalen graham who knows <laughs> uh up in the air there too he has eligibility left everybody has eligibility except for Kamani johnson um who who am i am i forgetting anybody
0: um not sure i mean like did you did you hit ford and pinion and Doning?
1: yeah i said i think at least two if not all three would be would be back i would imagine
0: okay then yeah the, i mean those are honestly like the bigger like it, oh everybody... ricky council i didn't oh, touch yeah. on ricky
1: council. council
0: uh he's an interesting one because i
1: think as far as a basketball player goes he's probably maxed out his potential but he does have another year of eligibility left so it's uh, kind of uh, in balls in his court so to speak but I, I would kind of expect him to move on I, th- I think that's i think that's good i think that's where i'm at right now
0: all right well that is, uh, that's good. Well, and I, I think that we'll feel better about those situations, you know, after the season, you know, figure out how things end up. So we're going to leave it there. Before we go, though, want to remind you about our friends at myperfectfranchise.net. Are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands? Or are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? Well, Andy Ledecky can help He's a longtime Rivals member and franchise veteran having owned multiple franchises and businesses. He uses that expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call Andy. Put your life and career in your own hands. It's 100% free, so what do you have to lose? His number is 404-973-9901 or you can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more details today. All right, Arkansas-Kentucky, 1 p.m. Central Time, Bud Walton Arena on Saturday. It's going to be a big game. It'll be on CBS. We'll be there for hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com, providing you with live updates, details, stats, everything you need on Arkansas-Kentucky. And, uh, yeah, make sure you go to hogbeat.com, subscribe, get all that information, and we'll talk to everybody next week on the Hardwood Hogs Podcast.